Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 42 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, keep us in your word. Father, keep us seeking you and learning from you. May your Holy Spirit lead and guide our spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in Mark 14, Jesus is dining in Simon the leper's house when a woman came and poured perfume over his head. The value of this ointment was a year's wages. Think about how much money that would be today. Of course, we know the people at the table were upset with such expense being seemingly wasted. However, in verse 8, Jesus said, she has done what she could. She came beforehand to anoint my body for the burial. She did what she could, and it was counted as beautiful by the Lord. While others talked badly about her, Jesus didn't. In fact, he reproved them. God planned for this act of service to be done. He provided the perfume, the ointment for his son's body in preparation for his death, just as he provided Joseph of Arimathea to take care of Jesus' body after he died. We can know that even though our gifts may not be acceptable to others or the same as others, we must know that when we do what we can, it is counted as beautiful by God. I love how God shows his omniscience again here. When Jesus tells his disciples to go prepare for the Passover, he told them they would see someone with a pitcher of water and to follow him to the home when he was carrying the water to. And there, there would be a room furnished and ready for him and his disciples to eat the Passover meal. Another already situation pre-prepared for, for the Son of God. The disciples had their last supper and were given the sacrament. Then Jesus took his three best men and asked them to pray with him. He was deeply grieved as he felt the weight of the sins of the world that he would carry on the cross. Even though he shared the holy sacrament with his friends, he knew they would desert him that very night. Verse 50 says, then his disciples forsaking him fled, all of them. He knew they would turn against him and sin, and yet he didn't love them any less. He didn't take their mission away from them. He simply planned for it. God knows our sin before we commit it, and he will forgive us and use us if we will let him. If we allow him to forgive us as he did his disciples, we will walk in forgiveness and not shame. We will walk in light instead of darkness, and we will have the opportunity to lead others to Jesus. Well, let's see what's happening in Romans chapter 14. Paul writes about judgment in this chapter. At the time, there were two schools of thought. Some believers were vegetarian and some were meat eaters. The reason some people were vegetarians was because the meat in the towns was sacrificed to idols, and they didn't want to eat anything that could have been sacrificed to idols. It, idols. it hurt their conscience. But there were other people who ate the meat that knew the difference between idol gods and their real God, the God of the universe. They weren't bothered by the meat because they knew the idols of gods weren't real. Different rules for different people, and they couldn't agree between them. When this happens, judgment happens. Paul warned against it. I love verse 8, which says, If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. We must know that whether we eat meat or don't, we do it all unto God and we belong to him. 
There is no greater joy than belonging to God. The enemy is the one who will bring strife into believers' lives. So where there is strife, there is judgment. The enemy is not far off. Instead of disagreeing with one another, we can simply focus on the beauty of belonging to Almighty God. Let's see what's happening to the Israelites' lives in Exodus chapter 33. God's promise to give them the land flowing with milk and honey was not taken away from them. However, he withdrew his presence from them. He could not dwell among them any longer because of his wrath towards them. He would have to destroy them. So Moses pitched a tent outside of camp to meet with God. There he met with him. Our scripture says he met with God face to face. He talked with God as we would talk to another person. What an honor and a privilege to meet with God one-on-one. -on -one. Even so, Moses wanted to see more of God and learn more of him. He asked God if he could see God's glory. God's glory is too much for us human beings, so God showed his glory to Moses in a way that he could withstand it and still live. While God's full glory passed by Moses, God protected Moses and held his hand over him until he passed by him. Then Moses could see the back of God's glory, but not his full front. May our hearts seek the glory of God as Moses' hearts sought God's. For those who seek shall find, according to Jesus. In the meantime, if any of the Israelites needed to meet with the Lord, they would have to leave camp and venture out to meet with God. Just the same, we have to lean into our relationship with God as well. We have to leave the world behind for a few moments to seek God and sit in his presence. It takes intention and desire to meet with God even today. Chapter 34 is priceless. Moses broke the first tablets. Remember the two tables of the testimony, the tables of the stone written with the finger of God. And the very first verse of chapter 34 shows God's love and long-lasting forbearance. It says, the Lord said to Moses, cut two tables of stone like the first, and I will write upon these tables the words that were on the first tables, which you broke. While we may break our word with the Lord, his love covers us. He broke his son and gave him for the ultimate sacrifice to cover us and sanctify us in his sight. Verse 6 confirms this. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness and truth. God made a new covenant with the people that day. He told Moses he would do amazing miracles as has not ever been seen before. God also told him to obey his command, the new commands he would give them. He was going to drive out all kinds of people in his name and give the new land to Moses and the Israelites. However, he also gave them a warning. He told Moses to not ever make a covenant with any of the people in that land because it would be a snare to them. He told them to destroy their altars and decimate their images and symbols of other gods. He told Moses he was a jealous God and even said his name is jealous. He told Moses to not let the people intermarry with theirs, not to make any molten gods. And then he told Moses what to do. Keep the feasts of the unleavened bread. Dedicate the firstborn to God. Keep the Sabbath. Observe the feast of weeks. Dedicate the first fruits to him and keep the ingathering at year's end. If they did all these things according to God's instructions, he would give them the power to overcome all their enemies. God renewed his covenant with Moses and his people. Keep this covenant and God's heart in mind as we move through the Old Testament. 
As we read about God's covenant and his desire to bless his people, we see his love for them. We can better understand his love for us, a love that is far beyond our understanding. Let us be thankful for God's love for us today and begin to receive the fullness of his love in our hearts. Let's move on to Psalm 42. There are 11 Psalms identified as written by the sons of Korah. We will soon read about the Korites and how their rebellion against God was handled by God. He wiped them out, except a few of the sons of Korah, who were likely too young to understand this rebellion. So God spared them. Out of these few sons line, there was born the prophet Samuel and some others who were skilled musicians and writers. Psalm 42 was written by one of these men. He writes about longing for God as a deer longs for and needs water to survive. Then there is sorrow. In his sorrow, he intentionally remembers how he had led a bank in praise and worship to God. But for the moment, this person is overcome with sadness. A couple of times he talks about himself and asks why he should be sad. And he tells himself to wait on and hope in God, for there will be a time of praise again in the future. Sometimes our hard times get the better of us and we cannot see God's goodness. But we can follow the psalmist's strategy and remember God's goodness of the past so that we can believe we will see God's goodness in the future. Our future in heaven one day is something to shout about and praise God about today, no matter how difficult today is. Let us pray. Oh Lord, you are the God of mercy and forgiveness. You are, you show us who you are as you were to the Israelites. So we know who you are for us today. May we lean into your mercy and love father. Help us receive all we need to receive from you, Lord. Do not let us keep you far from our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.